Hello, and welcome to another edition of a very spooky edition of, I should say, I'm going to start over. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One. Yes. As always, I am your host, Alex. And I'm your co-host, Duncan. Usually I don't say co-host. <laughs> But I wanted to do a Medusa snakes snakes it's snakes. Okay. Normally, I don't say host either, so it all works. As you may have guessed, this is a Halloween episode. You may also not have guessed. Be gone, demon! Be gone! Get go! Leave the podcast Go! Go now! Anyway, we're done with that bit now. What we're here to do is talk to you about two games that we find particularly scary. We hope to tickle your spooky bones tonight, and I hope it's tonight. You guys, if you're listening to this during the day, please turn it off and resume it after 8 p.m. Yeah, I mean, you can do it after 7 p.m. It gets dark early now. That's fine. Sure, sure, sure. So today, but. we played Lost in Vivo. And the first episode of Stories Untold, The House Abandoned. Let's get through real quick. Lost in Vivo, developed and published by Kira. That's K-I-R-A. Uh, and it was released uh, September 5th, 2018. It's out there for PC. You can pick it up on Steam. I think it's like 12 bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Stories Untold is where we played The House Abandoned. Um, Stories Untold is a compilation of four different games. The House Abandoned is just the first one in them. It was developed by No Code. Uh, and it was released uh, on February 27th of 2017. I think The House Abandoned was actually the year prior to that because it was like a standalone thing made in a uh, 72-hour game jam that then they remastered and redid for Stories Untold. So you can check both of those out uh, anywhere on PC that they are available uh, and, and give, them a, give them a play, you know? Yeah, give them a whirl. Um, let's, uh, I'm gonna, let's tell you a little bit about each of these games in a kind of, again elevator pitchy way so you can make the decision you know if you want to try this game out first um you know or or if you just want to keep listening listen to us talk about it gauge your interest so lost in vivo is this um very old era graphics horror game uh still 3d um kind of sort of pixelated textures and lighting uh very kind of like foggy atmosphere and some a lot of different environments that you're traversing as this character who um lost their dog and is going through the sewers to try and find the dog and you know make it out uh there's a mm-hmm. lot of monsters there's guns there's um uh just a lot of there's just a lot of stuff jam-packed into this and we decided that we're not really going to give you a breakdown of everything that happens in here because it's so scattered um yeah, so we're going to talk in not, very not broad work. terms uh but that's generally what lost in vivo is i highly recommend checking out like just googling the game to see the aesthetic of it um but yeah so that's that's mainly what we're going to be discussing today and also just like horror elements in general because uh, that's what this game really was is it was just a lot of horror elements yeah, and I think it's more interesting, um, you know, the game itself was relatively story-light, 
Mm-hmm. So it you know would not lend itself to the way we normally talk about it. So you know we'll just we'll talk about various elements of it. Um, and then just a quick elevator pitch for the house abandoned because it like Duncan said it was like 15 minutes. I can't really give you anything without spoiling everything. Um, so it is a text-based adventure game um, that kind of has the format of something from I don't, maybe like the 70s or 80s. Um, it is like a horror text-based adventure game that's kind of remastered, so it takes place you know, on a computer that you are playing, but you are playing it in like an actual 3D space. Um, and again, I can't really give much more than that. It plays around in that environment in some very, very cool ways, um, kind of plays with your expectations in some cool ways. So there's not really much you can look up to see whether or not that would interest you. I have not played the rest of Stories Untold, so I can't you know, speak for those, but it was definitely a very um, unique and interesting experience for 15 minutes. So if you have the game or are interested at all, um, definitely check it out. I've heard the other stories are not quite up to snuff, but I really enjoyed The House Abandoned quite a bit. So yeah, worth and checking it's, out. It's it's definitely horror light, like in the way where I definitely was like spooked by it, but not in the same way that I would expect people, excuse me, to be like, oh, that movie was good because it really, you know, like really fucked me up. Like this was just a cool experience. And it yeah. was it was pretty like it was kind of spooky, but it was nice. It was just nice. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It's not going to keep you up at night for the next week or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so, before we get into just kind of like, before we unlock the key to the world where we can just freely discuss about Lost in Vivo, I think we should give our spoiler-free thoughts about it, just kind of talk about it in general, and uh, I want to know what you thought about it, whether you enjoyed it, didn't enjoy it, etc. Yeah, uh, I think that's fair. I think um, one of the important things to note here is kind of knowing the background that um, Duncan and I are each coming from. Uh, You've heard us talk about horror games before on the podcast if you've listened to our previous Halloween episodes. So, you know, you may or may not know some of this information, but I, you know, kind of traditionally don't really like horror games because I don't like being scared that much. Um, But all of the horror games I've played on this podcast, I have found interesting for other reasons. Uh, I think Lost in Vivo... Generally speaking, um, I think a lot of it didn't quite work for me. I saw kind of the edges of what it was going for. Uh, but again, I, like just straight horror without any sort of a like point to it, I guess, so to speak. And that is kind of selling the game short a little bit because it is definitely trying to do some things. It doesn't really do it for me. So I think I... I didn't dislike this game, but it was definitely not, you know, an experience that I would have a really easy time recommending if you are like me and just being scared is not a selling point for you. I also played it entirely during the day, so it might be really scary if I played at night. I didn't find it particularly spooky, but again, that was me personally playing it in the middle of the daytime. So that's kind of, that's sort of where I landed on it. I, I didn't dislike it, but it didn't work for me as much as I was hoping it would. I, on the other hand, um, there were definitely some parts of Lost in Vivo that um, uh, fell flat for me in, in in a couple different ways. But I like, I really enjoyed this game because there are a lot of elements of like tension and horror at play. Here And while the story doesn't always connect in any way, shape, or form, well, I shouldn't say any way, shape, or form, well, the story doesn't always connect in a satisfying way that I would usually, like, kind of want a story to progress through, I think Mm. that taking these small um, 
vignettes of horror scenes or like you know um tense situations worked for me personally because i could just like the first time i kind of like ran through a couple of them i think i was more expecting an experience that we've traditional traditionally had with like characters going through things and you know like um learning different things about the world and their experiences um but i think that once i accepted that this game was not going to be that i enjoyed it a lot more and it was just i'm able to do that um where i was, you know sometimes i definitely know that you or some other people have a more difficult time maybe enjoying something like that um uh, yeah if if the core loop is not something i'm interested in and the core loop of walk around and be scared is not so you're definitely sure. right that in yeah. horror games i need something more yeah that's fair um and i there are just a lot of cool and and this is why i find it so difficult to talk about this game is because i just think there are a lot of cool things in this game and that's pretty much it for me and i know that sounds super lame to just that's a good as a fucking review. podcast dude damn yeah, people are gonna love listening <laughs> to you say there's some cool shit in this game exactly but like i can't talk about it because the moment i talk about it you now have like you you now already know what to expect but i'd mm-hmm. say like it somehow subverted my expectations of certain moments while also fitting my expectations exactly. So if you think that uh, at the end of the day, I think what I want this section to really be is like, play it if this sounds cool to you. If you like the idea of traversing different um, levels or situations in tense horror atmospheres that are of the old PC era, this is great. Like, uh, for me personally, I think this is great mm. for that. If that does not sound good to you, then you will hate this game because <laughs> it is nothing more than that. And I think that sometimes the story arcs for certain things, like the mini kind of like uh, uh, characters that we get within it are fine, but it's more for me the environments and situations that happen within it. Um, yeah. And, and there are... Mm-hmm. I, I was just going to say, the other thing to this game's credit is the more I read about it, the more reviews I see. There are a lot of, like, hidden secrets and Easter eggs and different game modes that you can, like, find if you do specific things, and they've still released extra content for it. And I do think all of that stuff is generally really cool. So that is also, you know, something to work in the game's favor if you like looking for and finding stuff like that. All right, we're here. We are in the zone where we can freely talk about Lost in Vivo. Um, I'll give kind of a a general rundown just so people can follow along a little bit of not necessarily the story, but the type of environment and everything you go through, um, just so everyone is on the same page. Like Duncan said at the top, uh, the you know the crux of the story is you you know you have your emotional support dog and you're walking with him, and then he gets swept down a sewer drain. So the entire game is just you walking through, like Duncan said, different environments. Primarily, you know, it, most of the time you're switching between distinctly underground environments. Um, you're going from like tight sewers to uh, like underground subways to a mine at one point and kind of walking through there being accosted by by monsters along the way. Most of the enemies in this game seem to be um, at least, you know, most of the enemies and uh, 
traversals that you face seem to be vague representations of different either mental illnesses or traumas or fears or things of that nature. Um, you know, there's, uh, we'll, we'll get into those specifics later. Um, but yeah, so kind of going through those, fighting along, you, you know, you get a gun, you get you know, a pistol and a shotgun and a hammer and a knife and this sort of stuff to like fight these monsters off and just kind of making your way through a little bit of light puzzle solving throughout. Um, and then I think towards the end, you also go into like a doctor's office, like, you know, kind of a creepy haunted doctor's office. Um, and eventually, you know, depending on, there's a couple of different endings, um, going after your dog and potentially if you get a, uh, we'll talk about the endings later, right? We decided yeah, we would do that. Talk about the endings later. Sure. I guess. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I was about to step into that and talk about the different endings, but I think yeah. we can, we can save that because that doesn't really give too much of it away so far. For sure. For sure. Those are the types of environments you will typically hit, and that's the type of, like, monster and weapon you will be using the entire time. When you were doing that breakdown, you were talking about, like, you know, the different environments that you can go through, whether that be the um, the, the haunted lab or, like, you know, the sewers or, like, the train station, everything like that. And throughout those, there's a lot of different themes, I'd say. And also there's, like, these lost tapes that you can view that have sort of uh and more like off the um sometimes off uh the story situations for you to view do you think all of those sporadic kind of like different plots and sections felt thematically consistent or like what did that bother you what was kind of what's the verdict on that for you yeah i mean i think that's kind of like for me that's the um main issue i have with the game i think um, which is that it it felt like it was hinting at some sort of um, some sort of thematic consistency there. Um, like I said, a lot of the enemies are like very clear representations of certain phobias or traumas, and I think at times it felt like it knew what it was doing, but it also very frequently felt like, well, let's just put people in this other environment because this is a scary type of environment, and then we'll have them walk through there because hey, we did more horror. Um, and I think in the in the moments where they connected those things well, um, because, the, you know, the entire game also has a, a very, very light trapping that you see a couple of times where the uh, ostensibly the character is supposed to be talking with a therapist about, like, the progress they're making and whether or not they're still running into issues, everything like that, and kind of, like, overcoming their fears. And I think when it manages to connect that, the game works. But I think overall it tends to not feel consistent for me at least it did not feel thematically consistent throughout the majority of the game it felt like it dipped in and out of there quite a bit in in terms of working like that i don't know it sounds like maybe that was less of a thing for you maybe you weren't looking for that as much or maybe you just disagree with that i don't know but for me it didn't really yeah i I think um i think there were when i was actually playing the game i think that um that I felt that way. Then again, once I finished it, I could just say like, oh, I thought about it differently and I liked it. But I tend to do that for things that I find either aesthetically pleasing or I like the things that they were trying to go for. I try and kind of warp my brain around how that person may have been trying to make the thing and try and understand it from a different perspective, Mm -hmm. I guess. And the perspective that I kind of understand it from is... Um, you know, slight spoiler here for the ending, but it's important for my point, is that one of the endings is you, you know, 
you learn uh, about your anxieties and your issues and you feel like you're a better person afterwards. And mm. I think it's pretty clear that like, you know, obviously in reality, there's no way that this character is traversing through these insane horror environments and like a underground lab. And like, it just doesn't seem very like feasible yeah. to me for all the insane things that happens. And it's obviously some sort of like, you know, um, I don't want to say like mental trip, but like, Maybe they actually did walk through the sewers, but the events that happened in the sewers are untrue. So I think it's like how you're, to me, the sporadic theming is kind of like how your brain wanders about certain things and like wanes in, in, in certain areas. And like, sure, they could have made a majority of the game about the main character tackling their issues and stuff like that. But sometimes your mind just kind of like wanders to thinking about like, some insane rat dude you know what i mean like the the king of rats the that lab that lab guy and like um you know this like obsession with eyes and stuff like that and i don't know i think it's partially me making an excuse for something that i really like and mm. another part is just thinking about it in in a way that's like a meta and I guess a metaphor is a good word for it just for how we cycle around different things to try and solve issues but at the core of it like by the end it felt like we waned in the middle but we got back to what was at hand in trying to find the dog at the end yeah, and I think the trappings of, like, trying to find the dog and all that is, is fine. I think the, the reason that I feel so strongly that it did not stay thematically consistent in what it was trying to do was because I, I actually do think in the middle it, like, it worked, right? I saw the obvious, like, um, you know, analogy to, hey, here's this other thing, right? Like, I think when it's trying to, you know, make you feel like you're dealing with claustrophobia walking through, like, you know, increasingly smaller areas and, like, mm -hmm. through tight you know, sewer drains and everything like that. Like, I think I understood what they were going for there and it kind of worked, but like, it, it just felt, you know, y you saying it feels scattershot. Like I get where you're coming from there, mm -hmm. but for them to have had a couple of sections in the middle where it like felt like it worked so much makes me feel like the intention was not for it to be so scattershot later on, because I just don't think it like came across as like crafted in such a way to feel that way. I think that it just sort of lost its own thread there for a bit in service of trying to introduce new and, and different and interesting environments, which, you know, mm -hmm. if you're in it to be scared, like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, you can ditch some of the trappings and story ideas and some of the themes that you're trying to, to produce if you're just like, hey, this will be scary. People will be uncomfortable with this. Like, hey, you can do that. That's not, like, necessarily a fault of the game. That is just a fault in what I was looking for from yeah. the game. And I definitely think you can do both. Like, I think you could... Oh, yeah. You could be happy and I could be happy and we could achieve both of those things in a game. Also, that's fucking hard. <laughs> so... Yeah, it is very hard. And this was a small team kickstarted with... I think it's kickstarted with a small budget. So, like, I'm not trying to say yeah. they didn't create no. something that was good, but... Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's it's just... Uh, it's interesting to know what each of us care about. And I'd be curious... I don't know. Like, I, I read some reviews about what people thought about it after because... I was surprised with the high amount of positivity, but mm. I do think that the game is very much you get what you're coming for. Cause I, yeah. I think it's interesting now that I think about it. It's like when we both looked at the game, 
I was thrilled by it. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And you're kind of like, ah, I'll play it, but I don't think I'll get anything out of this. And it's I mean, interesting. I mostly suggested stories untold three times because I thought I'd get more out of that. So, like, yeah, it was definitely <laughs> something where it's like, Ouch. hey, I'll try it because it does not seem like something that I would normally play. Um, but yeah. you're right. It, it may have just been preconceptions going into oh, it no, you know, no. based on what we saw. I'm not saying it's a preconception. Well, I mean, I'm saying it's a preconception, but I'm saying that I'm not saying your opinion is based on your preconception. I'm saying it's really cool that um, sometimes I think when we look at a game, we look at the trailer and we're like, this looks amazing. And then we play it and it's like, this isn't as good as it seemed. And Mm -hmm. I think this game presents its content in such a way where I think both of us knew our feelings about it before we started playing it because it's like, I know kind of what I'm getting into. I don't know. That's kind of cool. I, 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 uh, I can agree based on the trailer alone, but the game was kind of like, if you read the rest of the steam pitch, it was pitched as, Hey, you're going through this struggling with these issues and you'll meet other people struggling with different, you know, mental issues along the mm-hmm. way. Um, so I think they did kind of pitch a little bit of, Hey, this is what we are trying to get across in the steam page. Um, so I think they, they do, push you a little bit in that direction with some of the marketing of the game. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah cool. I, I think that's fair. That's a fair point. Um, cool. Um, did you did you feel like... I mean, we again, we talked about like the, the trapping in the story. Did you... Did that work for you, the idea of, like... Especially you being a dog owner, the idea of, like, traversing essentially through hell, starting in the sewers to, like, try and find your lost dog? Did that keep you motivated to, like move forward and keep seeing the story and keep trying to rescue this dog because you get like oh for um for the sake of people listening that have not played the game like you you do see your dog every now and again but it's like pretty rare and usually you see it like you see it and you get close to it and it's quickly dragged off into the shadows again or you hear it barking in the distance but you don't actually see it so there's just like a little bit of it throughout the course of this game yeah um oh yes yes i mean i love my dog I love my dog and, and to see and to see like that other and especially like a support dog for someone like putting that mindset in what people do for their animals it, it I find it a hundred percent believable now the situations that happen within this game are not believable but <laughs> you know I I could believe a character traversing through a sewer to try and find their lost dog because I think a lot of horror motivations are kind of shitty where it's like how do we get the character in the thing and sometimes i feel like uh if it's not a lost family member or loved one it's usually not um well i shouldn't say that it it, that's just generally what people go for and i mean a pet is a lost loved one but it's it's just not i feel like i don't see it as much and maybe i'm wrong but i don't play enough horror stuff to really know Um, yeah i mean me neither but so it worked for me though and also there's a scene where you walk up to your dog and something just doesn't seem 100 percent right and there's like some (laughs) and i just assumed it was like a graphical issue because like the game like purposely has some you know old school graphical uh excuse me uh i shouldn't call them issues because they're intentional uh but methods of displaying things Mm mm-hmm and and it just has these like black lines around it. And I'm like, maybe the texture's broken. And it just un it unwraps into a monster that uses <laughs> like 
the dog as a facade to like transform itself and it just runs at you and i hated that so much <laughs> <laughs> it was so perfect but yeah, yeah I, that was, I, that's a little little fucked up looking a little spooky the one thing i will say though is i love that at the beginning of the game it's like you whistle and you hear your dog bark back and that's how you know where to go but yeah. then they just drop that and i i'm like yeah i don't know I mean, why. you can still whistle like I found myself because I wanted to jump because it's bound to the space bar, yep. and I like to jump in <laughs> FPSs, and then I just wanted to jump, and it goes, <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, no, not that. <laughs> um, it's also very good because you can whistle while you're dead. Like, you know, you could just be killed by monsters in this game, and you get, like, a long animation of you falling over to the ground before the game <laughs> over screen comes up. You can just spam the space bar and be whistling the entire time you're dead. That's oh, kind of fun. That's kind of fun, but also, like, really sad, just being, like, yeah. like dying and whistling for your dog. Oh, no. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I, could see th- I could see that interpretation, but for me, it was just kind of some yeah. goofy fun. Yeah, it, it, it's totally... Oh, whistle while these rats eat my eyes out. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So I think we could talk about the endings, though, because I'll, I'll tell you right now, the endings are, I don't want to call them nothing, but they're very minimal to what you'll experience in the game. Like, if you told me what the ending was before I even played the game, I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense, and it really wouldn't affect my enjoyment. So yeah. just so you know, don't worry about it. It's not this, like, stupendous twist. Um, so we don't really get too many twists. There's three to four endings. Um the good yeah. ending, uh, which I think is the easiest one to get and makes the most sense, is, like, you're at the end of the level, and it's, like, at its peak, like, just, like, flesh walls and monsters everywhere, and there's these, like, uh, monsters with missing organs and heads that expand, and you got to shoot them, and it's annoying, but also fun. <laughs> um, and uh, you get to the end, and there is a... Um, there's a ladder and you can walk up to it and it's like are you really gonna leave without your dog and you can climb up that ladder and that's how you get one of the endings where you just are like well you made it out of the sewer but you don't have your dog um and then if you keep going you can find another um another like uh, chamber where you go- walk into a door and there's another ladder up and then your dog is up there which i find strange that like it didn't make any sense to me because I ran around the room for a little bit because I didn't see my dog anywhere. Oh, was, yeah. was I supposed to, like, whistle and hear it up there? Maybe that was I the don't know. trick. I just assumed the same thing went up there and I was like, ah, cool, my dog. We're good. Yep. So you get your dog and you get a little message that's like, hey, you found your dog and you traversed through hell and made it out and you feel like you were a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's a nightmare ending where you give a child skull that you find inside of a monster head to this like eldritch tree looking flesh monster. And then you <laughs> walk up a, um, the sewer and it's like you walk up the sewer and it is another plane of existence and like another world and things are not what they should be. And you feel insanely uncomfortable and like the eeriness of this world, like bothers you. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that one sucks. For yeah, just, not like, you know. <laughs> just that would just suck to get because I mean the baby skull isn't difficult to get. I didn't get it, but I ran into that tree monster, and if I had the baby skull and I knew that it would take it, I would give it to it. Yeah, I mean, I would just it assume it's another puzzle. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So that one would have sucked to get. But <laughs> anyways, I got the good ending. What'd you get? Yeah, I also got the good ending because it just 
feels pretty obvious. Like, it, it is the one that you get if you are not trying to specifically look for another ending, basically. So yeah. I think that's the one that most people will end up getting, and that's the one that gives you, like, a satisfying conclusion to the actual game itself. So, so it did you sense. find that satisfying? Like, just to get that ending and have the game end with you just kind of, like, walking around the I mean, above with your dog? Not particularly. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't... It wasn't, like, a dissatisfying ending. I wasn't, like, I didn't need some crazy twist. I didn't need some crazy, you know, anything in there. But it was kind of, like, it was unsatisfying to me in the way that it was, like, hey, this is the end of the game now. I now see that I don't think everything came together. Like, you know, it was fine. Like, I wanted the ending where you get out of the sewers with your dog. So, in that respect, I liked it. But it just sort of, it it felt like it came very abruptly. Like, it didn't feel like there was some big climax. It didn't feel like there was some big, you know, like, conclusion or understanding of the plot. It was just sort of like, hey, you did it. You made it through another scary area with the scary monster. And now you're done. And you're good. And it kind of felt like, oh, okay, I... I just expected there to be more at the end of this game than what we got. I wish they would have scooted the scene up. Um, the, the the second to last like level, I guess I could say, is mm-hmm. you traversing uh, through a mine, and every door that unlocks after you beat the last level is like a part of your brain that is like telling. Well, it's assumed to be your brain um, is like mm-hmm. telling you like you know, you don't know what you're doing or you're worthless or, you know, you need someone yeah. else to do what you want mm-hmm. to do. And then you can just like hit it or shoot it or whatever. And cut it up with a knife real good. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> Just cut your brain up. And I wish they would have moved that closer to the end. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like that is kind of like what they were trying to go for at the end. There is like, you are coming out of the situation, relieving some of your, um, uh, your self doubt or some of your yeah. anxieties, and I think, and that that was one of the the parts that worked for me because it like it felt very clear what they were going for there, and like the trappings of each area like made sense with what you were doing, like what you know what they were trying to portray you with overcoming felt very consistent with what you had to do in the level. Like I, I agree that was a really strong area, and then to just have dead space after that that didn't really seem to connect to anything anymore. Like yeah. Okay. I just wish they would have scooted that forward, and I feel yeah. like I also feel like it would have been more satisfying. But I did. I was just happy. I I was half expecting some sort of bad evil twist, like the nightmare ending, and I'm happy mm-hmm. that I got the good ending because it's exactly kind of what I wanted out of it. And usually, I like a twist. I like a like dark ending. But this, I just I just wanted my damn dog back, and I think yeah. they definitely knew that, and they gave it to me. Um, and they let you pet the dog too, which is good. Yes, it's very good. That's very good. There's a gallery mode where you can like view the um, view all the monsters that you encountered in kind of just like a you know gallery setting, unevil, uh, no no death in there. Um, but <laughs> your dog, your dog just kind of like walks with you through it, and you can just like walk around with them and look at the monsters that you dealt with. That's kind of nice. I like that a lot. I like that. That's um, good. I like that. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about the other extra modes. Um, uh, too much. I just don't think it, they're very. Um, there's I anything think to it's them. it's very cool that they are there. I don't know that like you know they're worth a ton in terms of like if you didn't get much out of this game, those modes aren't probably going to give you a whole bunch more. Yeah. Um. But I think that it's really cool to see a game where it's like, hey, this came out two years ago, so like here's extra content for it, or here's this new 
you know, game mode, or here's the secret game mode. You know, one of them you have to launch the game when your, you know, computer clock is at midnight for it to work. And it's like, okay, like, stuff like that is really cool and very reminiscent of the era they're trying to invoke with the graphical style. Yeah. So I really appreciate that they, like, took the extra time and, and followed through with those sort of touches. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think I just want to talk about, like, maybe two other things before I move on to just talking about horror in general. Um, yeah. Uh, the one thing... Uh, is there? I think the monsters are sort of a focus here. Did you have mm-hmm. any favorites, and why? I mean, if let's you didn't, see. that's okay. I think so. One of the monsters is just like broken mirrors that fly I at you and do a little damage. Love that one. That Those is my were very favorite good. monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a the design is just a little unsettling and you know they move in kind of a creepy manner and b like it comes at a time in the game where all of the themes are about dealing with like you know body image issues and eating disorders and everything so i think that like it plays into it very well so that was probably my favorite instance of monster in the game yeah i agree with that and just that general scene also is one of my favorites and like because there's um there's a scene I think this is this will be listenable to to describe yeah. is um where you um come into this room and there's a portrait of like a blurred horrible face and like a very like poorly drawn glammed up woman um mm-hmm. and you can choose which door to go through and the horrific face is the right answer <laughs> um <laughs> and the glammed up face gets monsters and then you come back into the room so you have to keep picking like this horrible face until you get to a picture of just like a real person um mm-hmm. it's still like pretty blurry but you can tell it's just like an actual photograph um that's been modified slightly and then you walk through that and then this is the actual interest or the really interesting room um, there's an apple in the center and to the left, there is a toilet and to the right, there is an unbarred door. So if you eat the apple, the barred door goes up. If you, um, you, if you go to the toilet and you've eaten the apple, it just says puke and you mm-hmm. can puke out the apple. And once you puke out the apple, you're allowed to go through the bars um, or you can just walk through the bar or walk through the uh, door and not eat the apple. So it's kind of like, how do I get through the bars yeah, while still as eating? you're doing that? Like every time you loop, if you do either one of those things, you just encounter progressively harder and harder monsters without making any actual progress. Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, the solution to this puzzle is that the bars were actually never collision at all at any point Mm. so you can just eat the apple and walk through the bars and i don't know what kind of message that's saying um i i think that the idea is supposed to be like you know this is very clearly dealing like uh, you know expressing people with eating disorders like bulimia and i think the idea is like the like barrier you are creating like to being happy and being skinny and being like all of that like it is in your head there's not an actual barrier there like you know it's not like it is strictly a perceived thing and a mental thing you know and to say that it's not like a real issue or real disease just like the societal barrier you are trying to live up to is exactly that like it's not a real barrier you can just walk through it yeah for some reason in my mind i'm like i i perceive that as it's really easy to just walk through, which that's not an easy thing to drop. Um, so yours makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I got the Love first that. part. The first part made sense. It's just yeah, uh, I, the actual it, physical like trick 
uh, bars. Um, yeah, and I might not have gotten that had I not spent a lot of time trying to figure it out because I just didn't try to walk through the fucking bars after I ate the apple, and eventually I had to look it up on, like, a Steam wiki to be like, the fuck am I doing wrong here? I've yeah. tried this, like, four times, and I keep dying, and then, you know, I saw hints with, like, hey, barriers in your head, and I was like, oh, shit, you can just walk through them. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yep. I like that section. That section worked really well, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, Did you have any my... monsters you didn't like? Uh, couple of them. <laughs> um, I don't. I didn't like any of the the lab stuff. I don't know. There's like a like evil lab doctor that wants to create this um this like demigod monster, from my understanding. Um, mm-hmm. and it just didn't do anything for me. So like, I don't fully understand what that is supposed to be like about either. I, it's I, just. A, it's just kind of a fun thing I think they wanted to do. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, I think, I think, hmm. I'm trying to think of any others that I didn't. I I mean, grew to like the giant crawling. Uh, there's like, uh, towards the end of the game, there's this like giant crawling reoccurring monster that's like huge and it just chases after you. But mm-hmm. it is bullshit that none of my none of the weapons like actually hurt it. You have to trap it, and one yeah. of the trappings you have to close the door on it and like time it properly. And this thing's speed is sporadic as hell. And it's scary yeah. when it goes really fucking fast though, and it's got that like huge smile on its face. Ugh. So that thing, um, at first I was like pretty into it just with like okay, you know, I see kind of what they're going for. But in that specific instance, like again, you are in this kind of looped area and there's a door like a a gate that you raise and lower by hitting a button so you like open it to move through it and then have it close on top of the thing to trap it and you can like cut it with a knife but it's essentially you're in one big loop that you go around right um but you can get trapped between that door because it only opens from one Mm -hmm. side and i thought that thing was really creepy up until this exact moment where i accidentally went the wrong direction and got myself trapped so it was in a room between me and where i needed to be uh and i realized that it had a long attack animation so you have plenty of time to like run in a circle around it which by itself is not necessarily enough to take all of the fear away but (laughs) i'm midwestern as fuck so as i moved towards it in my head i went oh just gonna squeeze past me here <laughs> and that took all of the fear out of that specific that's scene. funny that's great um, um yeah I, I also i'll say i didn't like there's there's a, <laughs> there's a bunch of trains at one part yeah and like, the trains come towards you and it's like initially creepy and like not creepy it's like startling because there's this train moving towards you and then like it gets close to you and like the front of the train like splits apart and it's kind of like a monstrous inside and then it just bites at you. But like it also doesn't do a bunch of damage, so it's just like you sort of walk up to it and it's biting you and you're stabbing it with a knife and then it dies. And I was like, Okay. I if, if they would have made it a lot excuse me, a lot more like the end monster where you had to do something special to kill it, I actually would have think that's kinda cool. Um yeah. but the animation for it's not great. And if you it's just hit silly. it, it pushes it back. Yeah, uh, it's not really in any danger. If you yeah. just fight it, you're in no danger whatsoever. Yeah, which I don't know. It's um, not a problem. It's just there's that also enemy an, was not my favorite. There's also a, an enemy called Eyeless Hobo, and uh, no, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, that was the that's the person that I I had told yep. you about that like you just I don't know I just accidentally killed him early on because I was like oh it's a person and I like turned around and startled and shot him and I was like oh I it's okay he I just, tries I just to killed stab him, you that's it. Huh. All right. 
yeah that, interesting yeah that one was my favorite but i uh the mirror is definitely great and um the the last one i'll talk about i think is um <clears throat> i really like the floating ones at the end that the heads that expand and they have just like missing mm. stomachs i just think the design is really cool i don't think it reflects anything neat i just like it a lot and that's yep. great audio hey everybody quick quick <laughs> podcast tip with duncan here you ready Write down your tip 49 in your workbook. <laughs> when you want to tell people about something that you like, make sure that it's purely visual so they don't have <laughs> any fucking clue about what you're talking about. Um, yeah, that's good podcast right there. That's that's 100 episodes of podcast training if I've ever heard it. Yep. Um, I do think the, you know, like you had mentioned, the enemies surrounding like the crazy doctor that you run into, like, most of them kind of sucked, like, big rats or roaches or whatever. They weren't that interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, the crux of that is that super person thing that the the doctor tried to build. Um, and that is, like, one enemy that you run into. And it's not, like, a new horror trope, but it does the thing where it won't move if you are looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you stop looking at it, it kind of gets closer to you in kind of, like, a random teleportation sort of way. And, I again, I don't think that's, like particularly novel or anything but i i do think specifically in a horror environment that always works for me when it's like hey you have to be staring at this thing because inevitably you're gonna have to like move around a corner and lose vision of it yeah and that really like that creates very tense moments through enemy design which i think is a really cool and interesting thing that you don't get in like other forms of horror media you only really get that in games so i always appreciate whenever uh whenever a game can can find a way to push that in there yeah for sure. This is also something that's purely visual, but is not just me saying I like the thing. It is um, <laughs> is there in these lost tapes, which are just like mini horror situations. Um, yeah, a little that vignette are, type things. Yeah, it might be slightly related. Um, they do this amazing thing with the textures and the models where the more the like higher turn speed you have, like the more you move your mouse, the more the textures or models kind of like dither and like they don't jiggle they like like they're almost like static in a way that they like sporadically move left and right Hmm. but if you keep the camera still all the models stay put so it's not like disorientating it because did i say that word right disorienting Disorienting. very close disorienting yeah thank you um i wasn't gonna call you on it yeah it's fine um that that like because the faster you're moving the faster the models are kind of like jittering um but when you stand still it's like you can find calm and balance again and it's just Hmm. stuff like that and also like you have to crush a little doll's head in a um in a clamp and as you like tighten the clamp your camera uh like your monitor gets like black squares on this left and right side of it and like your view gets like shattered and broken and like Ooh, ooh, yeah! I hated that, they, but I like. They do it. some some cool visual stuff like that. I didn't actually notice that thing you were saying about the lost tapes. I just I did notice that it felt weird and a little uncomfortable, but I wasn't able to pinpoint why. But it's yeah. kind of cool that they did that. I didn't uh, didn't pick mm-hmm. up on that specifically. All right, I think that's enough. I think that's enough of us just talking about what we did and didn't like about it. Um, I think do, should we. Should we break down stories untold at all? Yeah, let me. Let, I think it's worth it to break down the house abandoned, just because I think I will use that as a touchstone for some of these other questions, which are more about um, horror media in general, horror games, horror movies, things like that. Um, so if you 
you know, I again, there's no way for me to explain it more without ruining everything that happens because it's a 15 minute experience. So if you have any interest in playing the house abandoned, now is a good time to do it. You can put this podcast down, go play it, come back, know exactly what we're talking about. Let's uh, take a quick commercial break. Make your dad proud of you. This week's sponsor is, uh, we. I can't believe it. I We actually got a sponsor. I'm, I'm fucking excited. You know, after, after getting a hundred views average on most of our podcasts, hundred listens, I'm thrilled that we have a sponsor this week. And this week's sponsor is Stitch Fix. Get your get your body stitched. That's their slogan. Why don't you tell <laughs> New them a slogan little... is get your body stitched. Get your body stitched. Why don't you tell them a little bit about Stitch Fix? Yeah, not a problem. So Stitch Fix is this great service, right? Um, you you uh, log on and you get a personal Frankenstein. Um, mm-hmm. And if you are, like myself, a Frankenstein's monster who <laughs> yeah. is always dealing with issues of just... Uh, you had bad stitching, and you know your arm just—it fell right off. Uh, you can you can go ahead and get Stitch Fix, and you'll get a a personalized session with Frankenstein and Doctor Frankenstein. He will he will send you a box, and in that box, it will have a bunch of different body parts and a bunch of different uh, thread and yarn. And you can go ahead and try on different Frankenstein body parts and see which one feels good to you and which one um, kind of fits your style and your your sort of spooky demeanor you're going for this month. Yeah, and um, uh, we have a couple of quotes from people who have used Stitch Fix. Um, Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas said, <laughs> my other stitches that that insane doctor gave me were just not good enough. I ordered from Stitch Fix and Frankenstein hooked me up. Now Jack Skeleton looks at me never the same. He, It's great. <laughs> I love it. Um, that's awesome. I'm so happy to hear. So if Absolutely. you're a Frankenstein monster, go to stitchfix.frankenstein and enter <laughs> in the code... Thoughts from player Ween, and um, you'll get 10, 10 stitches for free. And you might be that's, thinking, that's just that's just thread and needle. And I got to say to you, communism. Or I mean, communism. capitalism. I mean, capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> it's a thing. It is a thing. Stitch fix. Stitch up your body? What was it? Stitch, fix up your body. Stitch fix. Get your... Get your ghoul on. <laughs> All right. And, and we're now back. back. <laughs> <laughs> the commercials are hard. Yeah, they're tough. Um, so I'm so happy we get that opportunity. Uh, so w- we we talked a lot about Lost in Vivo. Let's, let's transition into that stories untold story. Yes. So as mentioned, if you do not want to be spoiled on The House Abandoned, go play it right now. Um, we are going to have to explain the main crux of it and how it works and what makes it spooky. Uh, so here we go. Uh, so as mentioned earlier at the beginning of the, the episode, we talked about how it is a text-based adventure game. And the way that it is laid out is you have, again, an old-timey computer screen in front of you where you're actually reading everything and entering in commands. But your field of view includes, like, you know, a 3D desk and, you know, all of this and, like, you know, Actually, really good-looking, you know, just like a graphical 3D area. But, you know, you have, like, a desk and pictures of your family and, like, a phone and everything like that. Um, and, you know, you go through and you do, you know, pretty standard adventure game type stuff. You know, go to the back of the yard, turn on generator, go inside house. And, you know, you just are going to this old house that you, you know, your family used to vacation at that you grew up in that is now, you know, since 
been abandoned essentially um and you you go up to your room and you find a gift from your dad and your dad left you a computer and a copy of the game that you're playing um so you put it in and start playing it and as you do that the game restarts but then gets haunted Mm -hmm. um in a way that like sounds kind of cheesy but actually really worked for me so like you know you you know the loading screen is upside down and you know you can see kind of like overlaid in the background of the screen the words get out get out get out um but then when you start playing through the game everything is different um so the the note that you read that was your dad telling you like oh you know you can go here and do that like you can read that note again and again that note just says get out get out get out um and all of your thoughts about the house are no longer about like, oh, it was a nice, cool place. Instead, it's like, hey, this was like a, you know, horrible place and you have a terrible feeling being back here and like horrible stuff happened here. And like all the lights are out in the like 3D space that you're actually playing in. Um, and then the thing that works that's really cool is as you are playing through this game the second time and you're doing things, it is affecting the 3D space that you're in. So, like, you turn on the generator in the game, and then all the lights in that 3D space come on. And, like, you walk around and go in the front door, and you can hear footsteps in, like, you know, the 3D space that you're in. And, like, as you are noticing all of those things, and, like, you notice that the, you know, the family picture you had all the eyes are blacked out now they've got like black bars over the eyes and you're playing the game and you recognize that like you know your character looks at picture because it's a text-based adventure game and you see all the eyes being blacked out but your character in that game also recognizes there's somebody in the house that shouldn't be Um, and it creates this like really uncomfortable tense environment as like everything kind of meets up as you go back upstairs Um, and typically just like it made me a little bit uncomfortable the whole time. And, like, you know, the game kind of comes to a climax and you, you know, going into the room where you are already sitting and then, you know, the game forces you in order to continue on to just, like, admit something terrible happened there Mm -hmm. um, and then to, like, type out the words, it was all my fault, uh, and then kind of, like, leaves ambiguous necessarily what happened. But it's, like, a really cool experience and a really cool, um, like, essentially demo in using this space inside of a different style of game to enhance what that game is typically going for um and i think it it showed me a lot of what i think works for me particularly in horror games versus things that typically wouldn't work for me um Mm -hmm. and i think it was a, a very cool 15 minute experience for me to play with just to see what happened and even cooler now that i know that it was the result of like a 72 hour game jam like that's awesome yeah um, never heard of that one before. I didn't play it, but it sounds interesting. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually really, uh, I really enjoyed it as well. I think, um, the way that they play with the space, just kind of like you talked about is, is just like, it's very cool. And I, I was thinking while you were talking about it, that I would love for it to just be an infinite game loop where you just keep walking back into the house and there are just more and more people standing in the room. And like, <laughs> you're just like, oh my God, I'm fucking trapped. Like there's no <laughs> way to get out. But, uh, you know, it, it ended in a very great, satisfactory way, but that's funny. I kind of, and also when you talked about it, like did the dad like make this game to just like make his kid admit that he did something really shitty? <laughs> No, I, mean, I think the idea is, like, you know, you like the or the dad or the sister, person. like, killed themselves, and uh, you're, like, going back. And that's kind of the vibe that I got off of it, but... I see. 
I don't really, you know, I don't know that you're meant to dig into the story too much. Yeah, I think no. it's just like, hey, here's this cool, um, ex- like uh, this cool experience, this cool exploration in using horror environments to amplify what would otherwise be a not very scary thing. You know? Right, and I, I really do like the. Um, there's this great thing, and like we talk about this a lot specifically. That it's like. Oh, sometimes what you don't see and is told is happening is scarier than when you actually see it. Um, and I think this game somehow plays a little bit with both seeing it and not seeing it in a mm-hmm. perfect like way that you are seeing the world around you change, like you said, but you're also not seeing the events and you're kind of like, it's kind of scary to feel like paralyzed, like, rigor mortis to this to this desk and like only able to type on it when you know yeah. like shit is happening behind you and that's really cool with like playing like you are actually in that space but you can't see anything that's happening in that space so it's like a weird combination of you imagining things of what the text is telling you mm. and actually being there um and it it plays even more in that because on top of like you existing as a character in both of those spaces, you are also physically sitting at a computer desk playing a game. So, like, yeah, that exactly. kind of enhanced it a little bit because, like, I'm just sitting in a closed room with a door behind me. Like, I don't, I, I hope nothing's like, this is a little bit fucking me up a little bit. Um, yeah. And I think it, it works really well on a lot of different levels there. Um, so, again, you know, it's 15 minutes. I don't know, like, how much more that idea would have had legs than beyond that 15 minutes, mm. but Alex, it was really imagine, cool. Uh, can I just ask you, imagine, imagine sitting down to play just a regular game, and I mean, this is probably a creepypasta for sure, for sure, but you launch the <laughs> game, and it's just a 3D model of you outside of your front door, like just getting out of your car. Hey, Duncan? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. What would you do? What would you, would you I like, don't try know, and play but it? I got you goosebumps because that idea fucks me up. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm gonna I'm gonna 3D model you someday and send you a .exe file. I mean, you'll just know. You'll just know. Yeah, I'll just, just I'll me. just fucking know. But, but God, that would be terrifying. Like, oh man, the idea of like ah, oh, we we've got to be getting close to a world where that can happen with like phones. You know, you just give a game permission to use your phone camera whenever, and then mm-hmm. it just like takes pictures of the environment and like builds. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, there's this um, there's this old. Uh, Facebook add-on or app or something like that um, where you would put in your profile and they superimposed pictures of you into like a serial killer's house and they like he like looked at your pictures and like ran his fingers over them and then he like grabbed one of the pictures and like got in his rusty pickup truck with like an axe and like started to drive towards your house kind of thing and like (laughs) that's fucking cool because like i mean it sounds goofy but also like it worked in a way that uh that was kind of spooky also yeah it's another fucking this isn't scary but it's that same kind of thing where it like uses where you are um uh arcade fire i think it was something like that Mm -hmm. had a music video where you would um enter in your address or like a a, like a zip code and Mm -hmm. it would use google maps during like the song to like invoke like memories of like your old hometown or like your current town <laughs> it's kind of cool uh yeah it's kind of cool. neat yeah um i love shit like that man it's cool yeah. so just two comments on that kind of shit because i love that kind of stuff um yeah anyway uh, so 
that was, you know, I, I think that is important to to know kind of what was happening in that game and what it does, because I think the rest of the questions we have, you know, we're still going to be talking about Lost in Vivo as well, but I think the questions generally are more about, like, horror as a whole as opposed to, like, a specific horror game. And I think we have two, like, very different examples of the way horror can be done and what works and what doesn't work in each of them. Um, and I think the, the main thing that this got me thinking about, um, you know, full disclosure, I also went to a haunted house literally the, yesterday um, that was really good, and I also watched uh, Midsummer, a pretty recent horror movie, literally yesterday. So this got me thinking a lot about the aesthetics of horror, um, and I, I was kind of curious how, like, looking at these two different games, the different horror games we've played in the past, like, how important do you think um, having this, like, cohesive aesthetic is? How important do you think, like, having this thing that can not necessarily immerse you because I think that's important in most games, but like how important is it to have a very clearly defined idea of what you're going for in like an aesthetic sense for horror versus in other media specifically? Because I think that's kind of like something I have been thinking about a lot is like imagery that comes with horror games or horror movies. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, we have two very, very different examples of that in these games we played, both interestingly going for like an old school computer type vibe, but in like yeah. extraordinarily different ways. Like did, does, you know, any particular aesthetic stick out or work for you? Or do you think like anything, like, is there something about either of these aesthetics or like horror aesthetic in general that does or does not work for you? That's a very large question. Feel yeah. free to tackle any or none of it. I don't know. Um, this is a really, this is a really fascinating topic. And, um, I'm going to have to say, nah, dog, none of it. None of no, it? I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it does all... Uh, like, oh, it, fuck, I don't know how to play with that. Uh, it, it, it it all matters. Like, it, mm-hmm. it and I hate to, to give a blanket statement, it, it all yeah. matters. And the thing that I think is really important with horror specifically and its aesthetics is consistency and immersion because mm-hmm. I think some of the things that fell flat for me with specifically um, uh, Lost in Vivo were buggy uh, sections or, like, AIs that didn't feel fully, mm-hmm. like, fleshed out in some mm-hmm. of their behaviors, like the train kind of thing. And I think right... And it's so detrimental to horror games because right when you lose that aesthetic and you lose that immersion and you lose mm-hmm. that, like, you know, feeling, it's gone and you're done. You know what I mean? Because we have such an easy way to snap out of it and be like this is just a fucking game and like it can't scare me um whereas like when you want to feel adventurous like you're buying into you know living an adventure because that's how you want to feel but i feel like your body just naturally doesn't want to be scared so it's harder (laughs) to sell yourself to not be scared of something um and stories untold on the other hand i think is so great and works so well and doesn't misstep because it is such a controlled environment. It is mm-hmm. It is very controlled. It has the text-based screen in front of you. It has very little to show you and more to tell you. And that's why I think reading horror is typically more... It works more for me. Same with movies, um, where horror movies generally scare me a little bit more um, than playing horror games. But there are elements mm-hmm. of horror games that I think work super super like movies can't touch it but it's more i shouldn't say it works more for me that it is easier to do the more complexity you move up from you know book to movie to game and i say complexity not in like it's easier to do one than the other it's more just like 
the amount of assets and yeah time. there's more moving parts in each of them that you exactly go up, you know um so i don't know if that generally answers the aesthetic yeah. question specifically but i think it's yeah, I, mean, I just wanted to, to talk important. about horror aesthetic type yeah. stuff so um and what was is there any other part i missed I mean, you know, just asking, you know, if there are specific horror aesthetics that that work or don't work mm. for you. You know, like I, I think there are definitely, you know, in both of these games, we see a lot of horror tropes. You know, Lost in Vivo is for everything it does right and wrong. It is a series of very overused horror environments. Like oh yeah. You, go, you know, sewers to subway to insane asylum type place. Like you just hit up every hey, this is a horror environment type thing that exists, essentially. Um, so I think that there are, you know, probably some that, that work and don't work for each individual person. I don't know kind of yeah. where you land on um, that. I, hmm, that's interesting. I tend to land somewhere farther away from reality. Generally spooks me more. The closer I get to real like serial killer stuff doesn't really do anything for me or like really no not really i just hmm. i don't think i'm that interesting or cool to be targeted by a serial killer uh, i mean i fair, don't think that's how now, it works do you, do you say do you think serial killers just target cool people that's how they do i don't know i just i just feel like i feel like i just i don't know i i i just don't see it as a it's weird because i don't I see that as a plausible situation for something, um, but, like, it doesn't... I'm just so far from it that it doesn't scare me, and I know I'm even far... Hmm. Which doesn't make any sense, because I'm even farther from the unbelievable things that happen. Yeah, that's kind of, like, I don't understand. <laughs> but, like, it's just... I get lost easy in things. Like, I can just... Mm -hmm. I can slip into those places, and I think the mental state of being horror is scarier to me than than like physical like hmm. realm shit is that if that makes okay. any sense like it's yeah. more like i mean i guess you could call it like spiritual or mental horror i don't know it's it's like i guess you could even say it's psychological horror versus like physical horror of like slasher movies or like ghosts or ghouls and stuff like that like that kind of stuff doesn't do anything for me really yeah i, I psychological horror i would definitely say is is a broader stroke than just environment though it, i think that typically refers to like the type of feeling it's trying to invoke not so much that like specific imagery it'll use um but i think that like I, I definitely understand where you're coming from i will say that like what you're saying like horror that is out there that is more divorced from reality that is just like typically weirder like i do like that more i think it is cooler but i definitely think that horror that is more grounded like horror when you're just like in a house hiding from you know a person or horror where it's just like trying to make you unsettled in a specific environment that like you can relate to that tends to scare me a whole lot more but i find it less interesting i think mm. that the more you like play in weird horror spaces the more willing i am to buy into it um yeah but again the thing that will make me not be able to sleep very well at night is the thing that I can relate to more, the situation that I could see myself or other people in more, you know? So you stayed up till 5 a.m. because you were, wor or not 5 a.m., I shouldn't say that. You lost a couple hours of sleep because you were worried that, you know, maybe one day you would be best friends with a uh, girl in a poem school and uh, you would walk on now, her killing her. Duncan! Now that's what you were worried about, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want to talk, like, 
it the <laughs> massive spoilers for Doki Doki Literature. Oh, Club, sorry. Yeah, shit. Um, uh, the, actually, no game in particular. You don't know what we're talking about. That's true. Uh, but so, I mean, no. horror in not specifically just Doki. Um, you know, horror that involves things like suicide is much more impactful for me than horror that involves like weird extraterrestrial monsters or like weird monsters that don't like because that's just it's yeah. so much more divorced from that. Um, so but the closer you, you get, so yeah, you know, you I think s- that makes sense. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because, like, I mean, I think it's, but it's a beautiful, like, oh, god damn, we're gonna talk about Doki again. Like, we're, it's, uh, yes, it's, we're talking about horror. We're gonna talk about all right, Doki. All right, so like, it's it's just because they married so many things that make you uncomfortable, where they're both based slightly based in reality and based out of reality, and like, I think you get farther away from being based in reality and it's interesting and cool but it doesn't give you that irl spook that you're talking about um kind of what you're talking about earlier and you're right that like yeah like suicide that is like you know that can be ah shit that sounds so stupid i could be like suicide is scary like it just sounds (laughs) dumb but um with the with the marriage between that and like the the busted game and like you know mm-hmm. the yeah, music like that, and, ah, ah. that stuff works very well and i think the part of again like again just talking about doki doki like the parts that scared me were that like 45 minutes where like you get that you know jump cut to a suicide followed by a long period of like extreme unease because the game like won't explain or even reference what's happening but then the more you move forward when you're like hey like this is what's going on. Here's the like weird digital stuff that's happening. Here's how the story is unfolding. Like I was still really interested and enjoyed that, but it kind of ceased being scary very quickly for me. It was just like Mm. the parts that I could relate to, like the, you know, things that are based in reality and then just like a general sense of unease at things feeling wrong, but not like really being able to point to why like that sort of stuff tends to freak me out quite a bit more in terms of like just making me scared we got weird places from the question of do you like horror hey here's a question for you does horror equal scary like like do you have to be scared to like have a horror game i genuinely don't think so i think horror is more of at least in my mind because i'm sure you could have discussions about this either way it is more like a specific type of aesthetic or feeling it is trying to invoke it doesn't necessarily have to be like scary like i think it can just be like oh it's making you like something that is making you uneasy or something that is playing and like you know like with aesthetics that are really fucked up anything that is like typically playing with you know removing power or making you feel like you are being pursued or chased or you know constantly at threat or powerless or something like that. Like a lot of that can be horror without necessarily being horror, you know, mm-hmm. hmm. that's kind of where I land on it at least. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I, I just kind of started thinking about that. Cause it's, it's interesting that like, if you look at psychological horror games, like on steam, like if I click on the tag, you know, for something like that, I feel like all of these, their main brand is horror, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think that a lot of the subgenres are actually more true than that itself. Because, mm. like, if I, like, if I look at the category of like, you know, uh, like first person. Well, that's not a great one. But like, of like, I don't know. I feel like of like action. I guess there's a lot of subgenres that go with that. I don't know. It's um, I feel like it is 
more so an ex I think there's more expectations um yeah definitely. with horror than there is of other genres and like I feel like when it's not directly scary it people don't consider it a horror game or you know or a horror piece of media um mm. I don't know I guess that's yeah, that's all I wanted I, to say it's I agree um respect it more yeah, and looping back to the initial question, I do want to say, um, in terms of horror aesthetics that that work for me and don't work for me, don't. I'm I'm very sick of either zombies or like men, like abandoned mental hospitals. Like, I'm just done with those aesthetics. I don't like them anymore. I don't think there's much interesting stuff to do in that space, so it just doesn't tend to work for me anymore at all. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. I ex- I wanted to actually go to Steam to see like you know yeah. those tags, and I just ran into a game that's Tusker's Number Adventure, and then in brackets it says malware detected, and I'm into it. <laughs> 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 um, oh, so beautiful. So um, pivoting so we can we can get um, get some get our proper time in. Uh, so. There are definitely two different levels of play and interactivity and, like, you know, I mean, even comparing what you do at a movie versus what you do in a game of between you and horror. So, like, mm-hmm. is there, like, a tangential relationship between the two? Or, like, what do you think? Does it add? Does it detach? Like, what's the what's the deal? <laughs> Tell me the deal with that. So you're asking about, like, being able to physically exist and impact a space. Yeah. Or like even physically be in the space, like your actual horror house experience. Like, yeah. I, and I also, that's fair. also you got the question, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the fucking document. I don't know. I just wanted to make sure I understood how no. you were choosing to phrase it. <laughs> um, yeah. I think, um, I think there's a lot to be said for that for like, you know, existence inside of a space for interactivity versus taking that away right i think like you had mentioned a lot of the reason that horror movies tend to or not tend to a lot of the reason that horror movies can work better than games is because it is a very curated experience right and like you had mentioned things like um you know running into a broken ai loop things like me realizing enemies have a slow attack animation so i can walk past them and lost in vivo and make dumb midwestern noises as i do so like if you have that level of interactivity, it definitely takes me out of it. And I think that's kind of the, you know, that is to some extent the same case as like a haunted house, except for, you know, haunted houses are very much just like, we're going to do a bunch of jump scares. Like that is all they are intended to be is like a bunch of jump scares because it's hard to, you know, create an uneasy feeling when you're with a group of people that you paid $30 to walk through a 10 minute thing with. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to make you scared any more than just like getting your adrenaline pumping. Um, but, you know, with games, I think the, the interactivity is kind of a double-edged sword in that way because I think that it's so much easier to feel invested in a particular space when you are moving around and you are controlling what is looked at. It like, the idea of, I think there's something behind me, I have to physically turn the camera to look at it, is, like, that makes you feel, at least for me, it, it like, works to make me feel a lot more uncomfortable. But... On the flip side of that, I you know, I had a gun in Lost in Vivo. And, like, if an enemy came for me, I'd just shoot it three times in the head. And I part of the time, I was no longer concerned about running into enemies because they would spook me. I was concerned because I was like, ugh, I don't have a lot of ammo. 
I guess I'll just hit this thing with a sledgehammer six times. <laughs> so, like, that interactivity definitely does kind of, um, if it's not used correctly, I think it can really pull you out of the actual, like, horror atmosphere quite a bit. Um, Lost in Vivo also, I, I had talked to you about this before we recorded, it does a lot with, um, there's just, there's a lot of loading screens in that game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I yeah. think those are another instance of something where it's like, hey, this is like, it reminds you very frequently that you are playing a video game and you can lose things like tension and musical cues and the feeling of being pursued because of loading screens. And I think that kind of feeds into interactivity and the the nature of it not necessarily working for horror media. Yeah, that's that's entirely fair. Like, I think... I I agree with you on pretty much all of those fronts. So I don't know what else to say Woo! other than heck yeah. Hell yeah. Um it's just such a it's just such a harder thing to pull off when you're doing a video game for it. And like I remember playing Soma way back then and like mm-hmm. really loving the story and it's interesting because I had to really think about what I didn't like about Soma because I liked the ideas behind it so much and again that aesthetic behind it and and the thoughts and questions that it provoked um mm-hmm. that i've pretty much completely forgot about all the things i did not like about it which i kind of remember a couple of them because it was the same thing like the monster ai was kind of silly um it, but it just i don't know it i remember specifically with soma you die at one point because like you know not in the story but like you'll die because a monster catches you and then you're just not scared of that monster anymore. Right, like, oh, right. right. It's just a game over screen, and then I start three minutes back, and I have to walk through the same section again. Well, that doesn't really, you know, you lose a lot there. And, I mean, I think it's telling. Soma, after we played it, you know, like a couple of months later, patched in a version of the game that just removes the monsters. So it's like, huh. ah, we got rid of that because some people didn't like it, and, like, it was stopping some people from playing it and experiencing the story, and it's not really, like, it doesn't add enough to the game. So yeah. here's a version of it with no monsters. So if Do it you scares think- you too much, you can play it. I think Lost in Vivo could entirely possibly have no monsters. And I wonder if it'd be any good. I don't know. Because if you're doing that, like, if you take away gameplay, like, if you took all of that away from Lost in Vivo... Oh, man, you just you got a be... couple uncomfortably small pl- spaces. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're trying to exist solely on environment and story, and yeah. I don't know that those are strong enough in, in Lost in Vivo without the monsters. I think the monsters enhance the story in a lot of instances and distract from it another that we've talked about but yeah you know I well don't, I don't the guns the guns do feel pretty like strong and it's just like i can just shoot the damn thing but i will yeah. say one thing i love one thing i do love about it that that plays into it and i kind of wish they wouldn't have given me as much ammo but when i first started playing i got so like kind of like jumpy with it that mm-hmm. once i learned they weren't as much as a threat i I eased off of this a while, but when I saw something, loaded a whole twelve clips into that bad boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it was. I was like, pa, da, 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 da. like I didn't let go of the mouse key, and when I realized what I've done, I'm like, oh fuck! I just wasted an entire round on something that died two <laughs> seconds ago. Um, yep. and like, damn, that sucks. Also, yeah, the brightness in that game. If you bump it up, it's an easy breezy game. But I was playing on a pretty low brightness, and that is like a difficulty slider for how scared you are. Because once I put it up, I'm like, this game's fucking stupid. <laughs> like, that's not stupid. It's just easy not to be scared by it. Um, but 
uh, I had to because one of the lost tapes um, was extremely dark and I could not see anything and it was yep. making the game worse. Also, mm-hmm. just for anyone, this is because who's listening to this far? Anyone who has played Lost in Vivo, can we all just say it once? Fuck the hotel level, the lost tape for the hotel. Ah, that I did. Yeah, that lost tape number four was bad. <laughs> it's so bad. I just want that publicly out there. I just really don't <laughs> like that 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 lost tape. And the theming was fine. And no, it wasn't. I didn't even like the theming I, of uh, walking through a, a hotel trying to find somewhere to sleep. I don't know. Trying to play on Insomnia, I think, and it just did not come across very well. Yeah. All right. But, okay. So, last question for okay. today, and then we're gonna wrap things up. Mm-hmm. What in your what in, what in Alex's brain space? What what if I if I took a dive in there I I went into that pink gush that you call a brain. What in what what would make a good piece of horror media? What's your checklist? What do you need? Hmm. Hmm. What do you need? Interesting question. <laughs> that I wrote. <laughs> I, I laughed. I laughed because I wrote it. <laughs> um, but also, Wicked don't have an answer for it. I don't know why I didn't think oh, about it. Oh, cool. So, good job. Give me, no. give me a minute. I'll get it. Um. It's something I have been tossing around, right? And the reason I say what is the mark of good horror media specifically is, again, I, you know, this week I have ingested a lot of different horror media between, you know, Stories Untold, Lost in Vivo, Midsummer, that, like, haunted house. Uh, and I think typically the thing that works really well for me in horror is an atmosphere. Um, I think that is more than anything else what good horror needs is it needs an atmosphere that creates a sense of tension. Um, it doesn't necessarily need jump scares. It doesn't necessarily need a really good story, though historically every horror game that I've played that I've liked has had a groundbreaking story. Go check out, you know, Doki Doki. Go check out Devotion. Go check out Detention. Go check out Soma. Mm. Um, mm. But I think just that, like, it doesn't need to have a specific aesthetic, but I think creating a specific atmosphere that is uncomfortable to exist in, I think is kind of the most important thing for me for like creating a good piece of horror media. And I think if you do that and you, you know, you can go and create disturbing content, but I think a lot of like uncomfortable imagery or a lot of like tension is typically what draws me into a piece of media like that. You know, if I'm watching a horror movie and I don't feel like it's very tense, I'm just going to be making fun of it the whole time, which is going to make me generally not afraid of it. Um, and kind of the same with a game. Like, if I don't feel tense, if I feel constantly taken out of it by one thing or another, it's not going to work for me as a piece of media. Um, mm. And that, that's, like, me specifically. I know other people have different views on it, so I don't know, like, how you feel about it, but that that is kind of the main hallmark of good horror for me is that atmosphere of, of tension. Yeah, I mean, the atmosphere of tension's probably the most important part for me as well. And, like, I think the anticipation of what is to come is more again is pretty common knowledge like the anticipation of more what's to come is more powerful than the actual scare itself and Mm -hmm. i think having a nice balance of tension to story to um to callbacks to things that you can relate to yourself the things that make you um you know look down the hallway and be like oh god fucking spooked or like you know you're uh yeah. you're, you know in your own mind space i think those are the marks but i think it's impossible to 
almost like I imagine creating something like that. It would be so hard to know what other people would take yeah. away from that versus what you take away from that because that's it, yeah, again dude. horror is so subjective. Like how do you? I want you know, and I almost wonder like it does it does does uh, Lost in Vivo like really frighten Kira like the the developer and publisher like how how much does the the themes or ideas of this game like actually uh impact them versus like did they just make it because they thought it would be very you know relatable horrifically to other people and mm-hmm. i don't know it's an interesting thought so yeah um my checklist would be again more like you know the atmospheric horror that's a really important and um good anticipation balance and also just like maybe if we want to go on the other side of it just a real spooky monster i just love cool monsters yeah that's i just fair. I, I i i like otherworldly things i like i don't like aliens but i like which i guess like you know demons and shit like that literally uh, otherworldly but i don't mm-hmm. know like grays and greens and all that stuff that doesn't really give me no spooks but I don't yeah. know. There's a lot of things that can apply my horror checklist. And there are horror games that I like that I think other people are scared by that I don't find scary, but I enjoy, though. Um, uh, Resident hey, Evil well- 7 was one. <laughs> I tried it. Didn't like it. Yeah, that's a shame. That's a shame. But um, here's here's what I'll say. I want to add one more thing to my horror checklist. Yeah. Between one and three good jump scares. Hell yeah. I don't think... You can build a game where it's constant jump scares because it just stops being scary. It just starts being startling. But I think, oh, just put in like just one or two. Just pepper them in there every now and again so that you're always on edge a little bit. Ah, oh, that's the good stuff. I feel that's like, the good stuff. I feel like it's it's very 2012 to be like, uh, more jump scares in a video game? Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? Like that is like a general <laughs> yeah. like reviewer guy kind of thing. Big backlash think, against that. Yeah. I think we've 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 jump scared so far away from that. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that meant. Uh, but we've we've gone we've gone so far away from that. I mean, we came back to it with the um with the series with the um. Whew, I, yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. I can even say its name. It's. Mm. I don't want to speak its name and then bring. <laughs> I feel like the Google Analytics will listen to this episode. Here, thou shalt not be named, and pull in the the angry, angry mob of, of children. You, just, you, just, um, you don't want to say Five Nights at Freddy's? Yeah! Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it's a real jump scare. Oh, that was the scariest thing ever. Yeah, like hey, the- yo, when I w- when we were trying to figure out what horror game to play, I was talking to my brother and I was like, we need like a horror game. He's like, you can play what like Five Nights at Freddy's is pretty popular, right? And I was like, yeah, we're good though. I yeah. don't think we're gonna play that one. You know what? Full respect to Scott Cawthon, who Cawthorn, I don't know, who makes those games because. What a fucking business strategy this man's <laughs> gone on. What an absolute tirade he is. And also the 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 actual like you know hidden story stuff is okay. And then he started I, writing books about it and I read summaries of the books and that's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. 
Uh, I have nothing against Five Nights at Freddy's except for how many Hot Topic shirts there are of it. I do. I think it needs to stop. Every time the guy says, it's going to stop. This is going to be the last one. And then a year later, he releases one. And it's a fucking genius move because everyone's like, he said he was done. He said he was done. (laughs) It's the boy who cried wolf, except the, 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 uh, what's that? What's the person who does the sheep? what <laughs> the boy okay it's the boy who cried wolf except the boy is is believed every single time no one is like oh he's just crying wolf again it's just mm. do you get what i'm saying no <laughs> okay all right all right no i'm not letting this slip i'm gonna explain this someone has to know someone has to understand okay so the boy who cried wolf stuck right? on the sheep thing what are you talking about okay the boy who cried wolf right yes is a story where, yeah, I'm familiar. Okay, so the wolf is, I'm done with Five Nights at Freddy's. Okay? Okay. And the boy is the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's. Okay. So, okay. And, and, and okay. every time he says he's done, you know, everyone's like, oh, he really is done now. And then, except no one ever is like, hey, he's not done. He's just going to make another one in a year. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like that's kind where of did, the thing. Where did the sheep come in? You were talking about sheep at one uh, point. The sheep is the sheeple. I was trying to, I was trying to get the, <laughs> okay. I was trying to get the, what the name of the job role of sheep herder is. There's a the specific. What? Oh, the shepherd? Shepherd. Thank you. Good <laughs> God. Surprised that didn't come to you when you said sheep herder. Sheep. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for this this week. Uh, Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this experience with us. Um, We might be releasing another horror episode. I know. I know. Pull your pants up. But don't. I know they fell off. Your pants fell off the seat of your chair. Something like that. (laughs) Pull them back up. Because we got another horror episode maybe coming soon. Whether it's on horror, uh, on on horror, on, on Halloween, on horrorween, or maybe a little bit after, we're going to be playing Observer. Please, please play it with us. It is free, it is free. on the Epic Game Store. I don't know if it's going to be right now. Maybe I'll tweet it out so we can make a PSA. I'd love for this one to pop, 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 pop off with you guys. Um, and I want to get some questions. That's my goal. That's yeah. we're a P, we're we are PS um fuck uh PBS and this hey, is okay. our <laughs> this is our goal is to get at least two questions on this game. Um, I'm into that and um yeah so expect that and Alex uh hold on uh you want to find you want to find our greeting card while I do yeah, the social media Halloween stuff greeting card okay cool um so. If you'd like to help us out and um, leave us a review on iTunes, I'd much appreciate it. It uh, it helps us somehow with how the internet works and uh, what people search for and you know what iTunes recommends. So I'd appreciate that. If you would like us to tell us in privately how you feel about us, you can, or you know, if you have a question or you want to submit fan content, as we've received in the past. Uh, so mm-hmm. many times you can go email us at thoughts from player one at gmail.com our twitter is thoughts from p1 um and facebook you just search the damn thing we're available on um you know itunes spotify stitcher i think pod bean um all those damn things and uh yeah so uh, as is new tradition 
unless I missed anything. Um, nope, I think that was good. I'll be okay. real, I wasn't listening. Sounds right, though. Okay, cool. Well, our new tradition, our new closer that we're trying out here is uh, we are going to give you a really great greeting card as kind of a closer. I think these are perfect for us. So, um, I Alex, agree. you want to you wanna hit us with this new greeting card? I got a very special Halloween greeting card. And full disclosure, this is supposed to be about, um, you know, from grandparent to granddaughter. But I'm just going to go ahead and change. <laughs> you're our, you're all bit. our granddaughter right now. So uh, here it is. For a Thoughts from Player One fan, who's special? Who's good at trick-or-treating? Who's loved a whole lot, too? Who's wished a lot of fun today? Who could it be? It's you! Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! It's you! And, and that when I do the you, can we just, can we just transition into Soldier Boy? <laughs> Scariest transition of them all. Oh my god, what if there's a Soldier Boy song where he said, Watch me boo! 